This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. From hockey to wrestling, football to golf, no sport left unturned. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. This fine Sunday morning with the temperature rising every day and hopefully uh, we'll get some great weather coming up. We have as our co-host today from the Happy Gang Morning Show, Neil Headley. Neil, how are you today? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm good. Thanks I'm for glad. having me. Oh, you're very, very welcome. Just in case the show is becoming a little too credible, we decided to, you know, throw it in the dumper for a week. This is good. <laughs> nah, I wouldn't say that. But uh, what's happened this past week, Neil, in the uh, world of sports, and when it comes to Toronto, we got the Leafs who are who keep on Oof. losing. Oof. The F- Toronto FC who lost last night, and uh, the Raptors came, Raptors came back Friday night against Miami Heat and played a pretty good game. It's interesting for us, you know, uh, every every weekday on the Happy Gang at about uh, 20 to 7 in the morning, we do sports shorts. It's kind of this mm-hmm. three-minute wrap-up of here's what happened in Toronto sports yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, and we take heat, a lot of heat, um, at least I do, on the Twitter machine and on my, in my inbox and whatnot uh, from people saying that we're way too hard on the Maple Leafs. Oh, <laughs> um, and you know what? Sometimes, especially when you look at last night, I feel like we're not hard enough. Oh, that's for sure. There's, the no, there's no question about that. Uh, they haven't played well since January. Well, and there will be people who tell you they haven't really played well since 1993. I, uh, I've even had 1968. Some of my, <laughs> some of our guys, our listeners, are are uh, texting me saying 1968 was the last time. Sure. They, yeah. I mean, you think about if you're a Leaf fan, the last time you could really get excited about the playoffs was when Doug Gilmore and Wendell Clark and those guys were getting their butts handed to them by the L.A. Kings and Wayne Gretzky. And that's that's the last time we've really been able to go into the playoffs with the Leaf team and think, we've got a shot here, you know? And that's, I mean, there was a great clip from a few weeks back of uh, Nazem Kadri mm-hmm. when the whole throwing the jerseys on the ice thing started to happen. And I remember Jane Brown played it in the morning. It was a clip of him saying, I don't understand these fans when they see another guy in the stands throwing a jersey on the ice. That's disrespecting the jersey. Why don't they grab him by the collar and take him out of there? And I thought, you know what, Nazim? That's what a lot of the fans feel like about the players, that they're disrespecting the jersey. Why don't we grab him by the collar and lead him out of there? Yeah, that team that team uh, had its moments in 2000. I would say with the Curtis Joseph at Belfour era, they had Ooh. some really good teams. Yep. But, you know, it's it, funny. We talk about this. Uh, Wally and I talk about this all the time. And Wally was a little upset last week, so we sent him to Florida. And uh, you're, you're in his place today. But uh, Bob Shepard says yeah, he thought he missed a meeting. <laughs> he missed a meeting. That's right. Wally missed a meeting. And, it, and, and, and it's funny. We haven't had our goaltending. And I say we because we're, we're Leaf fans. I'm a Leaf sure, fan. Sure, sure. And uh, our goaltending hasn't been good. 
You know, we can talk all all they want. You have to start with a good goalie, and we don't have one. They're making me long for Yuri Sirha. Yuri Sirha, that's a name in the past. Or even Doug Favell. I'll take Doug Favell. Well, you're going back a few years. You're you're right in the Zoomer age, that's for sure, Neil. <laughs> so I don't know what we – I mean, last night, uh, Phil Kessel gets yeah. his 24th goal of the year. And Phil Kessel is a guy who every time you see the after-the-game scrums – and, of course, we all remember that legendary interview now where he's looking around and he's going, well, you think it's my fault? You think mm-hmm. it's my fault? Phil, you're paid to find the back of the net. If you're doing 24 goals a se- in a season, that's a goal a week. That's a goal a week so far this year. That's one goal a week more than Naz has. That's, Yikes. That's, that's, that's true. And that's, that's a plus true. and a minus. You know, I mean, he can stand there and go, well, how many goals do you have this year? Which is fine because I have zero. Uh, but that's not – he's not paid to score 24 goals a year. Yeah, but they made a coaching move that uh, should never have been made. Randy shouldn't have been fired uh, with, uh, with this fellow coming in. So do you – th- do you think, because you're uh, far more of an expert on the Maple Leafs than I am, yep. there's this theory floating around out there that uh, they don't really care about this year. It's the Connor McDavid sweepstakes for the rest of the season and that next year it is entirely possible that we might be seeing a certain coach who's currently in Detroit standing behind the bench for the Maple Leafs. I have been saying for a year and a half that Mike Babcock will be the Leaf coach. And I still believe that. But I don't believe they did that on purpose. They, they've made the coaching change this year. Because they honestly thought they could turn it around with this coach. I, 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 this is my belief. They thought he'd be turn around, change their style of play, and uh, everything would work out. And they would make the playoffs and they'd look great. But this guy is like 5-26 and 26 or something. Yeah. It's, it's bad. So it's who really stays bad. and who goes? Is it bad? Does Babcock come in? Does Nona stay? What, what do you think happens? You know, I get the I get the impression that uh, Car- uh, Shanahan likes Nonas, and I think he's going to be around. I just have this gut feel that he's going to be around, and Shanahan's going to call the shots, and uh, he'll be his uh, his right hand man. I really believe that. Interesting. Hmm. Hmm. Well, it's just big- you know, you just look at the press box or the uh, box that they're in when they're watching the game, and they they look pretty close. So, uh, to me, the body language I see is that Nonas is back. Interesting. Yeah, I, I I think they've put themselves in, you know, I made the joke a couple of weeks ago where they were talking about that Toronto tunnel that got attention all over the world. And I was saying that that was the hole that the Maple Leafs were digging themselves. That's who I thought was responsible for it. Because this has been the, the downfall of this team has been something that's been going on for a very, very long time. And I don't know that... Like I'm sure Dave Nonis is a nice guy and I'm yeah. sure I'm sure Shanny's a nice guy. Um, I... I don't know. I don't know who it's going to take to finally turn this thing around. Really, what has he done? What's Shanahan done to improve things? Uh, everything he's touched hasn't gone very well. That's for sure. And I wonder if uh, you know, it's it's not like uh, it, it's not like Shanny it doesn't know Mike Babcock. He knows him well. Uh, so I wonder if he's just kind of sitting back and saying, you know what, I'm just going to watch for a while. And when the time is right, I'm going to bring Mike in here, and then that's when we're going to turn the afterburners on, and Mike and I are going to rebuild this team together. Yeah, you may be right. You may be right. The the uh, They have to make a big splash, though. They can't go oh, they in and to. get a coach that's non-existent, right? Well, and that's the problem with this with this town as well. Um, as much as I love Toronto, you know, born and raised, all that sort of stuff, um, we don't tolerate like we can't do a rebuild in toronto the fans aren't going to put up with a rebuild no not a total rebuild 
you know, and and we are a, a city that demands world caliber championship teams, uh, with the exception of the Maple Leafs, who could go zero and eighty two and still sell out every game mm-hmm. for an entire season. Um, but I feel like that's why some of the other sports are having trouble getting traction in Toronto. I think that's why Toronto FC, uh, you know, doesn't have Toronto FC should be one of the biggest sports stories in the country. I think they're getting there, though, in Toronto. I think they're getting there. Raptors, uh, yeah. Blue Jays. You know, the idea that the Toronto Blue Jays will still have games where they'll draw 12,000 fans. What? How does that even – you know, the Yankees will come into town and there will be 12,000 butts in the chairs. What? How does that even happen? But I, we just have this thing where we expect – it, and, and we'll get into this conversation about the CFL later yeah. as well. Yeah, Where – you know, the CFL of 15 years ago, I don't think that's the CFL we've got now because I think the fans have gotten to this stage where you've got a really passionate group of core fans. And I think the size of that group has gotten smaller and smaller and smaller, especially in Toronto. You know, and, and Toronto sort of sets the tone for the entire rest of the league. As, as Toronto goes, so goes the CFL. If Toronto was to lose the Argonauts, the CFL is done. Well, the Argos are only they only could be viable with one solution to them, right? We we talked about this earlier. I'm going to throw this at you, and then we're going to go to break. All right. The Toronto Argonauts' only way of survival is if MLSE purchases the Argos under their wing. We'll be right back after commercial for more of the show. It was a rainy day in Pizzaville during our All About the Taste event. If you agree that Pizzaville's delicious margarita pizza is the best tasting margarita pizza you've ever had, go to pizzaville.ca and enter to win a trip to Italy's Amalfi Coast. If you don't think it's the best tasting margarita pizza, you can still enter to win a different trip. You can go to hell. Michigan. For details, go to pizzaville.ca. There's an old saying... Entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000-square-foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. The best. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Settler for Alt Infinity and Bond. Car buying made simple. That's what Alt Infinity is all about. No stress, no hassle, no nonsense. Just fun and easy and rewarding experience that will put you behind the wheel of a fabulous new or used Infinity. 
Expert sales staff, superior service, and the largest selection in Ontario. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's what makes Alt Infinity the captain's choice. Alt Infinity, Woodbridge.com, at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Striving to inspire you at every turn. Discover Villanova College, York Region's only independent co-educational Catholic school. We offer small class sizes and a commitment to academic excellence towards properly preparing students for university and lifelong success. If you are a young person or a parent seeking more from today's education, then take a moment to learn more about Villanova College. Find out about our specialized enrichment programs, including STEM and advanced placement. For information regarding admissions or to schedule a personal tour visit VillanovaCollege.org. You name it, they'll argue about it. No sport left unturned. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zuma Radio, the new AM740. Welcome back, everybody, to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We have a special guest around 9.30, uh, a friend of ours, a, a good friend of ours, Angelo Mosca, will be on the air. And we're going to be interviewing him. He has been recently diagnosed with Alzheimer's. So uh, he has agreed to be on it. That's a great tribute to him. He's a, he's a terrific guy, Neil. It's, it's difficult to watch this happening to legend after legend. You know, over on the music side, we're watching it happen to Glenn Campbell right now. Uh, and I just learned this week, I, I don't know where I was when news came out about Chris Christofferson. Mm-hmm. battling Alzheimer's. Um, but we had invited him. It, it, quick side story. It, it, we became aware that Chris Christofferson had said he wanted to have the first three lines of a Leonard Cohen song put on his tombstone. And we thought, oh, you know, we've got this Leonard show that runs on Saturday afternoons. It'd be fun to get to see if Chris Christofferson will, will host an episode. Mm-hmm. So we reach out and his publicist gets back to me and says, listen, uh, thank you for thinking of us. But Chris has stopped doing any interviews. He stopped doing any appearances in the media because of his fight with Alzheimer's. So for this to happen to Ange and for him to be jumping out the way he is and talking about it, I think is huge. Yeah, yeah. he's he's quite a guy. And uh, we had him on our show about four or five months ago, and he was very open about everything. And he was was a treat. We talked about wrestling. We talked about football. And, you know, we we talked earlier, Neil, about him being the face of Hamilton. He is the city of Hamilton, that man. Yeah, absolutely. Like he can go around town and everybody loves Angela Mosca. Yeah. So it'll be an interesting uh, interview for sure. Now, getting back to the CFL here, uh, we uh, I made a statement. Uh, yeah. What do you think of that? Uh, okay. It. I don't. I haven't seen any evidence, and I'm going to take heat for this. I know I am. I haven't seen any evidence that MLSE does a whole ton right. But the one they, thing they do is they market their teams properly. Well. And, you know, you can't argue with Toronto. Let's put let, let's throw Toronto FC into into the uh, into the pool here. Okay. Before Toronto FC, there was a club called the Toronto Lynx, and I was sure. very close to the owner. He's a very good friend of mine, an accountant, and uh, I know him really well. Mm-hmm. So I I saw the face of soccer for the city of Toronto, and he they had trouble filling the stadium. They asked for a new stadium. They never got it. Uh, It went on and on and on. And they worked hard to promote soccer, the Toronto Lynx. Right. TFC comes in with Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment. All of a sudden, the city is is building them a stadium or help building them a stadium. They are 100% behind TFC. 
and they just market it and they sell they sold out like the first day that the new franchise came in to MLSE. That's what makes me think that the only way they, that the Argos can exist in the CFL is if Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment takes them over. Aside from the Raptors, uh, what is there for you that recommends MLSE to be able to turn stuff around? Uh, Emma, Emma, we're talking about getting people into the stadium. Yep. Getting sponsors for the team. Right. MLSE is so strong because they have the Leaf brand. They have the Raptor brand. They have everything behind them. So if they approach you a Bank of Montreal or a TD Bank, would you like to sponsor the Argos? They encompass all these teams, and they're able to get the sponsorship. Okay, but here's the thing, and, and this is where, and forgive me, Wally, if I'm not doing a good enough job arguing with Naz, this may be the time when those tides turn. You better call uh, for the left-hander here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, you look at, we had this conversation, what, 10 minutes ago now, um, that Toronto is a city that's going to demand a winner on the field. And you've got, like I talked about before, this tiny core of Argonauts fans that will go no matter what. And those people have been there since the beginning of time. Um, passionate Raptors fans have been there since before MLSE. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I don't know how much MLSE played in the hands of bringing those teams forward. We the North, don't get me wrong, we the North was brilliant for the Raptors. Mm-hmm. and but But one of the problems that the Raptors are still facing is that in uh, in a lot of NBA cities, the Raptors are still a rumor. They're like people, the what? The who? Where do they play? There's a basketball team in Canada? Really? There's still huge pockets of the United States where that's the case. So I look at the I CFL. Know, I don't agree with that. Which they, I, know, they know who the Raptors are now. You think? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, pretty, uh, it's pretty good. And they have some, uh, they have some dynamite players and they, they know who the Raptors are. I hope you're right. I mean, they do. Uh, and the players know who the Raptors are. The players want to come here now. Oh, absolutely. They, they do. do want to come here. This is a lovely town to, or a lovely city for an NBA player to play in. And no question. Butch, Butch Carter said the same thing. They love it here. No they question. They absolutely love it here. But I think it's going to take more to fix the CFL than what I've seen that MLSE can pull off. You know, Wally uh, heard you and he's on the line. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Wally. Is he having trouble already? Good morning, gentlemen and Neil. Uh, gentlemen and for, uh, Neil. <laughs> See what he just did there? It's already started. Thanks. Thanks for you guys got me. You know what? Uh, you guys got me heated again. You know, I calmed down since last Sunday, and uh, <laughs> Naz, Naz didn't like my performance last Sunday. A little bit of tongue in cheek here for a couple of couple of minutes, if you don't mind. Yeah. Naz didn't like my performance last Sunday, so he gave me a, a one week Naz and Wally Sports Hour suspension. Yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, I hightailed it to Florida, and uh, forget about the suspension. Uh, like uh, like Kadri, who's going to be leaving Toronto in a couple of years after being publicly humiliated this week. I, I just I just can't understand. I can't understand Horacek and Shanahan. The way they publicly vilified Kadri this way uh, this week, absolutely, absolutely mind-boggling. Um, I just don't understand it, but I'm, I'm going to be doing the Dave Bolin thing. I'm, I'm going to forget about the suspension. I'm going to be signing down in Florida, and Naz, have a great life and enjoy the show. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I mean, I golfed yesterday in 82, 84 degree weather and uh, had the shorts on, and I said, why would anybody want to come back to Toronto's winter weather? Uh, anyways, uh, 
enough of the tongue in cheek. Let's get let's get a little bit serious here. Um, uh, we're, I know you guys are talking about the CFL, and let's let's continue that. I mean, I, I'm heat, I'm really heated about how the Leafs dealt with Kadri this week. I really am. Yeah, they didn't um, deal with him very well. They didn't deal. Uh, and, and and Don Cherry made the point last night on Coach's Corner. Um, um, he's 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 up he's up for renewal in uh, in a couple of years, and I, I can't see why you would want to treat one of your young assets this way. And uh, if I'm Nazem Kadri, uh, you know, when the time comes, I, I may be heading out of town. And you know what? Leafs better Leafs better realize they have. He's one of their. You know he gets he gets incredibly criticized, uh, but he's uh, whether you like it or not, he's one of their most valuable young assets. You know, you know, critics may not look at it that way, but he is. And 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 if he isn't coming back here, and and you know, there there better be some makeup going on. Uh, they better be looking at extracting some value for him somewhere in the next couple of years. Wally, what if the Leafs were two points out? Do you think that suspension would have taken well, place? You know, you know, Naz and I, you know, we had that discussion this week. Uh, just so our listeners know, Naz and I, we banter about almost on a almost on a daily basis, if uh, if not more than uh, once a day, and probably gets our wives all upset because we're constantly talking sports. But uh, you did make that point. If the Leafs had have been in the middle of a playoff run, uh, there's no chance. There's no chance Nazem Kadri would have been suspended for, uh, what did he get, three games, two games? Yeah, he got three he got games. Three games. Yeah. He got three games. If they were fighting for their playoff lives, Naz, correct me if I'm wrong, Neil, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't see a chance in hell that they would have suspended Nazem Kadri. Neil's going to disagree with you here. Yeah, but I forget forget which player it is that said in the media uh, famously a couple months ago now that a few wins will cover up a whole lot of stink. And so I wonder, you you talk about would would they have suspended him if they were fighting for their lives. Well, whether or not they're fighting for their lives, does that excuse behavior from guys who apparently are just phoning it in sometimes? I, I get well, phoning it into a, a totally different, uh, totally different issue. But he got suspended publicly for m- being late for a meeting. I don't know if he was late fifteen minutes or he missed the meeting. Nas, correct me. Uh, I think or, he was late was. for the meeting. Yeah, I heard. Tw- then, I heard twenty minutes. And then, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Shanahan, uh, when he was interviewed, um, made some obtuse uh, reference to some other behavior that's not a matter of public record. Okay, so we don't even know why he got three games, to be quite frank with you, because apparently it was more than just the 15 minutes. But, you know, wins cover up a lot of behavior, uh, but, you know, everything's, everything's relative to, to, to a specific situation, and I doubt it. I, there's no chance in my mind that Kadri would have been suspended for three games uh, in the middle of a playoff run. The media would have been, the fans would have been all over it, the media would have been all over it. They would have been demanding an explanation why he got three games and why, what, what, what was the incentive for the extra two games. Um, and, you know, if I'm Nazem Kadri, I'm saying, what, well, you got two sets of rules here? We got one set of rules if we're out of the playoff race, but uh, it's a different set of rules if we are in a playoff race. I, I just, I'm concerned if I'm a player, if I'm a player and a player's agent, that like what where you go like what are the rules here is it different sets of rules obviously it's different sets of rules for different players and different sets of rules for different circumstances i don't think that's the way you run a professional sports franchise i'm sorry 
Yeah, they uh, should have kept that under their hat, though. They should not have done that. I, I, I agree with Wally on the, on this point. And Shanahan hasn't done – what moves has he made that has been positive, uh, Neil? Well, and this is the question. I don't, And I don't know if you heard me uh, say this to Naz earlier, Wally, but I, I wonder if there is a thing going on with Shani where he knows that Mike Babcock is coming. Uh, and that he maybe is looking at fixing the Maple Leafs as his pet project that he wants to take on with Mike Babcock, and he doesn't really want to make any big moves until Babcock can weigh in on what kind of team he wants to lead. We have the general on the line. We have a caller. General, go ahead. Gentlemen, how are you? Good. Listen, uh, I, I can't believe uh, that, that uh, you guys don't understand the fundamental concept of, uh, of positive and negative reinforcement. Uh, that's uh, that's Rogerian psychology uh, yes. 201 <laughs> at York University, D. General. Exactly. I, I very well do understand the, uh, the, the positive and uh, yeah. negative reinforcement. While he's scrapping with our callers now, look okay. at it. And most, and most importantly, the Milgram experiments, you know, with the, uh, the shock okay. treatments. <laughs> hey, because these guys, uh, they've been given too much candy too early, and now they're, 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 they're trying to take it away from them. And, uh, and fundamentally, they, they just can't deal with it. Do you know what I mean? Like when you give a guy like Nazem Kadri or young hockey players like this millions of dollars, and of course, you know, I've read many articles about his travails over the years, and I followed him through junior at, uh, you know, in Kitchener, et cetera. He had the same problems there, and, and, and they had to change his billets, and they had to uh, control who he was hanging out with, et cetera, et cetera. The guy's 24 years old. He's a millionaire. Okay, he's you know he's living in 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 the mecca of hockey, and uh, you know that's a tough thing for a guy like that to handle. And and quite honestly, I don't know if there's too many guys that could do that. You know, um, I look at Kessel, I look at these other guys, and and quite honestly, you know they're getting fat, they're getting lazy, they're getting they're comfortable, they're they're they've got too much too early. And now you know a, a guy like Shanny he comes back and he says, okay, well I got I'm going to have to discipline him, I'm going to have to sit him out. I mean, well it's not going to work because he's already given him too much uh, too early. And uh, you know I don't I don't know if there's anything to turn that clock back now. And and he, they may have to train him. I, I think they I think personally. And I'll leave this with you guys. Uh, I think they got to move him. I think they're going to have to, uh, you know, I know, Naz, you don't like that word culture. But, yeah, I uh, hate that word culture. Yeah, I know it's you over, It's way overused. Yeah, but it's not a culture. It's an attitude. they got to change that. That's that attitude, attitude is a different story. Yeah, they got to change that boy's attitude. And, and, and you know what? Uh, I, I don't know if they can. I mean, I watched the game last night, and, uh, you know, uh, Kessel goes down. He scores a beautiful penalty shot, and then the next ensuing shifts, he's he's sitting along the wall and he can't even win a puck. He doesn't care. And look, you know, the body language is just unbelievable, right? So they they got uh, Shanny's got a big big problem on his hands, and uh, I hope uh, you know you guys are right about uh, Babcock. But then I don't even know if that guy can come in here and change this whole thing. So uh, thanks, thanks for the call, General. We've got another caller, uh, Kevin from Buffalo. Kevin, you're on the air. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, Kevin. Very excellent show as always. And I just wanted to touch base on two quick questions uh, on the theme on the Maple Leafs, Nazmus Casimir. Here in Buffalo, it's almost like, sir, we could swap Casimir. And poor Mr. Nolan, he's had issues with Zadorov here in Buffalo. And the part I understand. They're very young, 
and they're, they're coming from junior hockey. But he's had issues where he's missed practice and with the time. And uh, the part is that it, it's your job, and they're having such a tough season. And uh, with listening of what's happening to Casimir, it's almost like, can we swap these two players? And maybe, maybe it would be better, like, uh, they, they speak highly on Zadorov here in the Sabres. And, and I have one last issue, and I'll, I'll listen. Uh, I felt so bad for the Blue Jays this weekend and Stroman being injured. He had such a great year uh, last season. And, and here in Buffalo, the Blue Jays, their farm team here is, here is in AAA, and he started last year and was so great. And I just felt for him because they've had a few small injuries in Dunedin, and I always hope the best. So I'll listen to your comments, and you have a great show, and have a wonderful week. Thanks, Kevin. Yeah, Marcus Stroman went down, uh, I think, on Wednesday, and uh, that was a uh, that was a tough one for me to take because that kid was their ace. Well, and you you everybody can say, oh, we have the depth, we have this, but you know what? When you lose your ace pitcher, yeah, a guy who could probably win you thirteen to sixteen games, that's a big hole to fill. In the long run, I would rather have this happen to Marcus Stroman now than have it happen to him when he's twenty eight. Uh, so if it's going to happen, now's the time. So that's almost a blessing sort of in disguise. Um, and he was a guy that sort of didn't know where the wall was either. Marcus Stroman, one of the things that I think Mark Burley was trying to teach him was a little bit of how to learn your body's limitations. And Stroman was a guy, people will tell you, who just pushed and pushed and pushed and didn't care where the wall was. He was going to try and run through it. Now maybe an injury like this teaches him how to approach things a little more intelligently, and this injury might end up in the long run extending his career by a few seasons. Well, he's a very talented pitcher, and the, and the Jays do have talent uh, uh, in pitching. We're going to go to a break. And, uh, Wally, we're going to go to a break and then come back with Angelo Mosca for about 10 minutes. We, need, we want to talk to Angie. Okay, so let's go to break, and we'll be right back. It was a rainy day when our All About the Taste event continued at Pizzaville. If you agree that Pizzaville's Bacon Cheeseburger Pizza is the best tasting bacon cheeseburger pizza you've ever had, go to pizzaville.ca and enter to win a ski trip to Alberta. If you don't think it's the best tasting bacon cheeseburger pizza, enter to win a different trip because you might feel more at home in Big Knob, Kentucky. For details, go to pizzaville.ca. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal, yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Settler for Alt Infinity and Vaughn. 
Car buying made simple. That's what Alt Infinity is all about. No stress, no hassle, no nonsense. Just fun and easy and rewarding experience that will put you behind the wheel of a fabulous new or used Infinity. Expert sales staff, superior service, and the largest selection in Ontario. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's what makes Alt Infinity the captain's choice. Alt Infinity, Woodbridge.com, at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Striving to inspire you at every turn. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Discover Villanova College, York Region's only independent co-educational Catholic school. We offer small class sizes and a commitment to academic excellence towards properly preparing students for university and lifelong success. If you are a young person or a parent seeking more from today's education, then take a moment to learn more about Villanova College. Find out about our specialized enrichment programs, including STEM and advanced placement. For information regarding admissions or to schedule a personal tour, visit VillanovaCollege.org. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. The only thing I love more than sports is sports radio. Take it away, boys. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We have on the line our our hero, my hero anyway, Angelo Mosca. Angie, how are you doing this morning? Pretty good, thank you. That's good, that's good. Uh, I understand, uh, we talked. We spoke yesterday, and I understand you've been diagnosed with uh, uh, Alzheimer's. Can you comment on that, please? Well, it's really, really hard to say because I don't know how long I've had it or how long I'm going to have it, uh, what I've got to do for it. I've got to go back and see the doctor. I don't know if it's a, uh, if it's an ongoing thing or what it is. But they did tell me that uh, you do have some brain damage. So... Anyway, I didn't have to be a genius to figure it out. That's that's uh, that's well said, Ange. Now you. I'll, I'll tell you one thing. Uh, since uh, we've heard this, and I've had many, many texts and many emails, and you're one hell of a popular guy in uh, in, in Canada, and the uh, people love you. You know, it's 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 amazing what kind of a man you are and what you've done for the city of Hamilton, for the CFL, and for everybody in, involved in sports. And, uh, and, and even wrestling. They even talk, to you, uh, talk about wrestling. And you've uh, come I've across a as a great guy, man. What's that? I said I've been a lucky guy. Yeah, so has everybody else to know you, for sure. Thank you. You're welcome. Naz, Naz if I can just pop in. Uh, Angelo, it's, it's Wally here. I'm, uh, I'm uh, calling by phone, and uh, I'm away this week. And... When uh, when Naz told me that um, that uh, he, he'd be coming on the show, I, I thought it was important enough that I needed to call in because I did uh, like Naz. You were you were one of the most popular uh, sports figures from my youth as well, and I, I I really wanted to be in to talk to you today, and uh, and I wish you all the best. I really do. Thank you. Uh, and 
And I do want to get into a difficult area because we've, we've talked about concussions on the Naz and Wally Sports app for the mm-hmm. last five or six months. We've talked about it through the NFL settlement. We've talked about it through the Steve Montador thing. We talked about it when we brought in John Branch, who's a Pulitzer Prize, who wrote the book on Derek Bogart. It's, it's something that we've talked about mm-hmm. uh, quite seriously on our show for quite a while now. And I do want to ask you, uh, Ange, um, you're going through a difficult time. Uh, how much of this do you, do you, uh, do you relate back to uh, concussions you suffered when you were playing football or even, even your wrestling career. I'm sure you suffered a lot of head injuries. Tell me a little bit about that, and, uh, and uh, is that where you think this is coming from? First of all, I don't even uh, really think about it right now. I don't know what, what it, uh, it leaves me with. I don't know what it, but I have pretty good uh, backgrounds with my daughter and my wife, and those people are most significant in my time right now. I'm just hoping to get over this thing the right way and uh, go on with life. Uh, Ange, um, when did were you diagnosed? Uh, uh, was it a couple of weeks ago? When did this uh, yeah, all come about down? Two weeks ago. And how did it? How did? How was it? Uh, how did you, how did you, I guess it was your wife that was involved and she noticed a couple of things. Uh, yeah. Is that how did. it was discovered? Well, first of all, uh, they were going to take my license, my driver's license away. And they have a, uh, at the uh, hospital, they have a team of people who check you out. And uh, I was checked out by a team of uh, doctors and uh, nurses. And uh, I I went from there, and uh, from there uh, they found out that I had some problems. So anyway, I tried to let it go, and it's been, been, been tough. It hasn't been easy, you know. But I don't really notice that I have a problem, but they seem to think I do when they... Check me. And just uh, Neil, it's Neil Headley over here. I just a uh, quick question for you. And and again, uh, thanks for taking the time to do this this morning. Because no you know there are people who face what you're facing and and sort of withdraw. Um, we were talking earlier about some uh, music legends that are are in similar circumstances and have just decided that the way they want to deal with it is to sort of withdraw from the public and and I don't want to withdraw. Yeah, and and so very heroic in that in that respect too. But you're a guy who has the ear of the CFL and you're a guy who has the ear of professional sports all over North America. So if you could, you know, we talk about concussions and we talk about brain injuries and all these things in sports. If you had a message to deliver to these guys about what we need to do differently to protect the players and to respect the players after they stop playing, what would that message be, do you think? Well, it's a pretty serious message, and it all depends which way you want to go. If you want to get out there and just dangle your hand and say, hey, I've got uh, I'm Alzheimer patient, but I don't want to go that way. I just want to see if I can go the regular right way, which is just um, get rid of it on my own. 
and I don't I don't understand it at all. It's a very complex thing that I'm with, but let me tell you what I'll I'll take care of it my way, and uh, I'll get uh, get a few people to back me and and help me, which is one my wife and one my daughter. Yeah, that's very important, and family is very important at this time, and that's good. It, it really is. You know, I, I I feel pretty good. I don't know how many problems I have. Uh, I don't really notice it, but uh, some people do notice it, and uh, good luck to them. But, uh, but I'm going to be out there somewhere, somehow. My voice will make an attention. And it's uh, it's Wally here, and uh, you're uh, once again. I wish you all the best. Uh, you're one of uh, one of Canada's most beloved uh, uh, sports figures, and certainly great memories. Uh, this news has still uh, still come out very recently. Tell us uh, uh, the level of support you're reaching. Are, are a lot of your ex teammates and uh, friends? Uh, how are they How are they uh, reaching out to support you in this difficult time? Uh, they are in a way. They make all of a sudden they make a phone call. They hear about me, and I don't know if they know how serious it is. And I really don't know how serious this is. What I'm carrying around, and I'm going to try to you know, whip it my own way and uh, go out there and let people know that I'm still living and I'm still. Still crossing every T and every and dot every I. You always will, Ange. Thanks very much for for being on the show this morning. It's very very noble of you to do this. This is a. Uh, I know it's very difficult for you uh, being a proud man, and that and you, you should be a proud man. You've touched a lot of people around in in Hamilton, especially, but all over all over Canada. In the football wars, the wrestling wars, and I wish you all the best of luck. And we will keep in touch, Angie. Okay. Thank you very much. I appreciate. Okay. It. Thanks, Angie. That was uh, Angelo Mosca, um, an icon in our in in sports, and that's a uh, very that's unbelievable that he came on our show to to talk about that because that must be really hard to do. Just wanted to, and as uh, just wanted to reflect on um, on uh, one 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 of the. Uh, one of the responses he made it you know obviously this is still still brand new to angelo as you can tell and uh he found it difficult talking about certain things and he, he doesn't appear to want to talk about the concussions and all the stuff that uh, he suffered during his career and uh and i understand i understood that it's still it's still too a little bit too fresh and too raw and he's got his own personal health to worry about now more so than anything but the, the whole issue of concussions in sports that we've talked about it it's really uh you know we're getting flooded with this almost on a daily basis nfl players nhl players and uh, i don't want to make angelo mosca the spokesman for that obviously because you know we support him in his current health situation but uh, minor hockey concussions we were trying to get hold of dr Cusimano to talk about that uh this is really a, a a really serious issue in sports that you know if we don't if we don't get a grip on it it may in, in my in my estimation it's going to fundamentally alter uh sports in the future in terms of how we approach it and how we deal with it uh neil any any uh any any thoughts on that 
Well, I feel like there's something has to be done uh, in in all the professional sports with the possible. I mean, you don't you don't so much hear about it uh, in baseball, even though baseball seems to have taken more identifiable steps in the last three or four seasons to do anything about it than most of the other sports have. And the only time really that it became an issue in baseball is with uh, you know guys. Jay uh, Hat. Well, yeah, but that was something that he couldn't control. He control. Right? That's correct. And so the only thing where the players could control what was going on was uh, guys charging home, you know, yeah, and, and yeah. knocking out the catcher. Um, so I, I feel like something's got to be done. My concern with these kinds of things, and we see it happen with our kids all the time, with the sports that our kids play, is that we go too far the other way. Is that we take out, you know, I mean, there's some schools right here in Toronto where they don't have competitive sports because they don't want the kids to have to deal with the self-esteem issues of being on the losing end of a game. And so imagine then left to their own devices. And I, I, I know they mean well. I'm a dad, too. You know, I've got I've got a daughter that skates around like there's no tomorrow and she you know falls down all and so you feel for them and you wish there was stuff you could do i just hope that we don't go too far the other way and take some of the fun out by putting some of the safety back in the the two sports that i see and i mean there is there is contact in basketball and there is contact in soccer because people guys are going up to head a ball and they use their head quite often in uh, in uh, soccer but football and hockey seem to be the two main sports where this is affected Uh, what do you think wally well i you know i think neil hit uh hit hit a really good point which is uh is how are parents going to make decisions on uh, you know parents of parents of today are not the same as parents from 50 years ago or 40 years ago or 30 years ago, they're, I think they're a little bit more sensitive to these issues. I mean, as you remember, when we played high school football, yeah. you know, and we'd get our bell rung and, you know, what would happen? They'd pull out the, they'd pull out the smelling salts, whiff it under your nose and, and send you back out there. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, that, that's the way it happened down there is parents didn't interfere. Parents are a little bit more sensitive to these things nowadays. And, 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 and if I'm a parent, and I am a parent, I shouldn't say if I am, uh, but my parents are, uh, my kids are past the, the minor, uh, minor uh, sports age. But I did have some issues with my son when he played when he played hockey, and I don't want to get into it here. But um, Naz, you're well aware of that. Yep. Um, if I'm a parent, especially with minor football, um, I, I think I would really think twice. I, I, I'm not so sure I would want my son to play. Minor league football is, you know, more so. You know, it's a critical issue for American parents more so than Canadians because minor, you know, it's bigger sport down there. But it's a sport here too. Uh, I, I, I think parents are taking a different approach to these things, and uh, you know, they're just not going to tolerate their 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 twelve or thirteen or fourteen year old coming home with a brain injury, uh, and some of them will just refuse to enroll their children. In minor football or minor hockey, and and if the pro leagues don't get a grip on this, if they don't implement rules that really turn uh, the incidents, and let's let's not even call them concussions because concussions sort of a, uh, you know, let's call them what they are. They're brain injuries. Right. Yeah, and you know, you know, the rules have the rules have changed in hockey, though, uh, Wally. Yeah. The rules have changed. There's not as much body contact as there used to be. Like you and, look at you, we, you watch a game. Talk, can, can you imagine if they played like they did in the seventies and eighties? Yeah, but minor hockey is still pretty brutal. 
it's it's still pretty brutal out there and you know and, and you know you get 10 11 12 year olds and once again so we talked about this at length this week because it was in the news because they uh was in the GTHL removed body checking yeah from, up to uh, up to bantamay hockey yeah and and that's to me that's a very progressive move and you know we're going to we're going certainly going to talk about this a little bit more in removing body checking from all of minor hockey uh cuz certainly the the Dr. Cusimano, who's one of the leading brain injury specialists in the country, is calling for that. And and body checking, and you know, in my opinion, should not be permitted in minor hockey unless you're playing AAA hockey, unless you've got a future that you could possibly get a scholarship or earn a dollar. Um, you shouldn't have to go out there worrying about uh, somebody taking a shot at your head, not at the age of 12, 13. And, and you know, that's my opinion. That's you know, a lot of people don't see it my way. Um, but I just don't They're believe. starting to. They're starting to. Neil, you were going to say well, something. Before we walk away from the subject of parents and stuff and, and involved in their kids' sports, I wonder if you guys have had a chance yet to digest this, th- this story that's coming out of Vancouver Island this weekend where uh, parents are going to basically be sus- – they're going to take a two-step approach to parents that they can't handle in minor hockey – First, they're going to suspend mom or dad if they can't control themselves in the stands. And then if it continues, if they show up after they've been suspended, then they suspend the kid. What do you guys think of where that's going? Well, I've been around a lot of minor hockey arenas and in, in, in the junior ranks and that the, uh, they can get pretty violent uh, verbally, uh, the, the, the parents. And I... Uh, now my son is a referee, my youngest son is a referee, and I see the treatment that the referees get. It's absolutely brutal out there, and the parents are awful. So I don't, um, I don't see any problem I, with that. Yeah, Nez, you know, parents, and, and it's not just a hockey phenomenon. It's, it's, it's a parent phenomenon because uh, you see it in every single minor sport. You see it in every single competitive um uh, competitive re- uh, sport or activity um, for children, and it, it's just—it's something about. I think it goes to human nature. Uh, parents need to have this innate need to protect their children at every single moment of the day. It's—it's—it's it's, it's not only that they're—they're—I I like to use the word embarrassing themselves in a minor hockey arena. Sometimes they will embarrass themselves at parent-teacher interviews sure. when they go to school. Um, it, it's, it's this human and neat need to want to protect your kids that, you know, sometimes parents have to take, they have to take a step back. Well, the most popular and, section of the Toys R Us now is the bubble wrap and duct tape aisle. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so this is, this is something that's, that's in, you know, we still have to work, you know, the minor hockey leagues have to work. And if you have to suspend parents for inappropriate behavior, there has to be a, there has to be a rule of conduct. It has to be explained to the parents at the beginning of the year, and if you offend that rule of conduct, you, you're not you're not welcome. You're not welcome in an arena, um, and they have to diligently enforce those rules so that the kids, because you know, parents have to understand um, when kids go to a hockey arena, they go to a sporting event, they go to a recreational activity. It's a learning experience. They are trying to learn, and they're learning a sport, but they're also learning how to be. Um, well-behaved individuals, uh, how to learn to be part of a team, how to learn to conduct themselves in public. Parents have to understand that that's what they're teaching their kids. They're not just teaching them a sport. So if a, if a parent misbehaves in a hockey arena 
in a dance competition anywhere, the parent has to understand they're not being a good role model for their child, and they're not teaching their child the life lessons that their child needs to learn. Here's a, I'm going to throw something off topic here now, and we're going to discuss the draft. And we ran a uh, lottery simulator today for the first time. We're going to have this on our show every week while he's a... We ran the, the lottery simulator, and you know who gets the first pick in the draft based on the simulator? The Carolina Hurricanes. And this is how... Uh, could you imagine... Uh, how do you come up with this stuff now? <laughs> there is a lottery okay, simulator. I, I'm waiting with bated breath. Well, there's a lottery simulator over the web, and each day it shows the percentages of how... Um, who would get the first draft pick? Running, a, They would run the lottery. And we ran it, and it was the Carolina Hurricanes. Can you imagine the Stahl brothers and McDavid on the same team? Uh, well, this is, this is what this lottery is all about. Everybody understands. That's why everybody's tanking well, here, because everybody has a real, chance. Naz, let me ask the real interesting question, which is in this draft simulation uh, or whatever, whatever, whatever it is, where did our beloved blue and white finish? Uh, I think there was fifth, wasn't it? Yeah, they're yeah. fifth from the bottom. Nine, they, they would nine and a half percent shot at, yeah. uh, at uh, drafting first. Yeah, they, they, they were fifth when we ran it. They would have the fifth Anyways, pick. I, I, I've got a good feeling. i got a feeling the Leafs are going to pull it off this year. I, th- I think the dice is going to roll our way. Uh, certainly, uh, it, it, it's time. So let's uh, – got my fingers crossed anyways. Uh, but uh, Connor McDavid uh, would certainly look good in a blue and white uniform. Yeah, they're, they're, they're trying. I think there's five or six. You know, we, we, we ran it about ten times, and one time it showed up Dallas. So anything could happen in this lottery. It could be one of those teams, too. It's just uh, it's, it's, uh, the luck of the draw. And it uh, could be any playoff team, any non-playoff team. Can you so, imagine Dallas with him? So if it turns out that uh, they do get the fifth pick in the draft, here's a name you need to wrap your head around. Tuvo Teravainen. That that may be the guy we end up with if we're picking is that, the guy, is that the guy we end up with? Anyways, Neil, it's uh, you know it looks like we're coming short on time here, and we know that you're a big baseball guy and a big Blue Jay guy. Very very quickly, give us your uh, give us your take on on the Blue Jay season. Um, I think I mentioned this earlier, but I'll reinforce it again. The injury to Marcus Stroman happened at exactly the right time in his career. I think if this happens when he's 28, it's a disaster. Um, I think Aaron Sanchez is going to emerge as probably the number two or three starter on this team. Never mind whether or not he's going to make the rotation. He popped up a new pitch in his arsenal uh, in the last couple of days that no one, including Russ Martin, had seen him throw before. Kind of a combo between a cutter and a and a slider that. That's just devastating. And if he can learn how to throw that, uh, forget about it. He's a Cy Young contender in my book because that kid's already got veteran hitters walking away from the plate, shaking their head. Um, If they finish any lower than second in the AL East, I'm surprised. And if they don't get the wild card, I'm surprised this season. And uh, Russell Martin, how much of a difference is he going to make? Oh, my God! I, I mean, he's he's huge. Josh Donaldson will be huge. Um, I think there's a whole lot to be excited about going into the season, arguably even more to be excited about than there was at the beginning of last yeah, year. Yeah, the most important player, as far as I'm concerned, is Russell Martin because the catcher is the backstone of any team. A good catcher, you find a good catcher, it means probably 10 wins to a uh, pitching staff. Yeah, that's no how question. that's uh, how important it is. Wally, we got we have to go. Uh, it's been a great show. Neil, thank you very much for uh, stepping in. Thanks, it was guys. Uh, 
It was quite interesting. This was uh, a lot of fun. Thanks for uh, thanks for letting me do this today. I'm glad you came in. And uh, Wally, your suspension's over. You're here next week, okay? Thanks, and thanks so much, Neil. I appreciate right. it. Thanks, thanks, thanks to Angelo Mosca. Thanks to everybody. Have a good week, folks. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.